Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2232. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Taunton, Massachusetts. Ooh, a little chilly. With a special guest by the name of Nicholas Hutchison. Nicholas, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear? And are you ready to release the clutch? Mark, yes, I am. All right. And it is cold in Boston. You're not making that up. <laughs> well, it's supposed to be. My son went to school in Rhode Island, just south of you there. He was at Rhode Island School of Design, RISD, and we used to fly into Boston when we'd go back and visit him. So uh, last time I was in Boston, I was picking up my neighbor's puppy dog and bringing him home uh, with us. So we traveled that, that four, like four and a half hour flight, five hour flight back across the country with a little puppy in our lap. So that was fun. We're that dog's dog father. Dog father. I love it. We're going to have some fun today because, listen. Listeners, uh, Nick is a little different here. I won't say he's a little different, but he's a different. I am a little different. <laughs> well, he is. He's very unique, that's for sure. But he's a different kind of guest. Uh, he focuses on books. And I'm going to give a proper introduction. We're going to dive into what that means. But you know we love books here on Cars. Yeah, but before I introduce you, Nick, what's one little thing that most people don't know about Nicholas Hutchison? Well, as we're going to talk about today, a lot of people know me as the book guy, but my friends and family really know me as the travel guy, which is something I'm sure we'll talk about in a couple of minutes. And so I love international travel. I've worked from at least 20 countries over the last couple of years for up to three months at a time. Wow. And I, I can't get enough of it. This is cool. You know, this is a great thing about what we do and what a lot of people do these days and a lot of companies allowing their workers to work, work remote is you can do this thing from anywhere. And I believe there was, you'll probably know the title of this book, and it, it escapes me right now, but the idea of working remote, who, was, who did that great book? Well, there's a few. There's probably The 4-Hour Workweek That's by it. Tim Ferriss. Yeah. Ferriss's book. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So the world has changed quite a bit. And for you youngsters, the world is your oyster. So uh, I can speak because I probably could be your father. So uh, that ages me a little bit. Let me give you a proper introduction. Nicholas Hutchison is the founder of Book Thinkers, a company dedicated to spreading the power of personal development through books. Nicholas is focused on developing insightful content and interviewing the world's top nonfiction authors from his podcast titled Book Thinkers, Life-Changing Books. As a digital nomad, as he said, Nick runs his business from a different country every month and gives all of his credit for his lifestyle to some of the early books he's read and been inspired by. Listeners will remember Ken Rusk. He was a guest last week on Cars Yeah. Well, I was introduced to Ken by Nick through his book, Blue Collar Cash, I believe is the title of that book. So Yes, it is. He's got it in his hand. There you go. We'll uh, talk with Nick in a moment, but first a word from our sponsors. So please give them a little love. They put the petrol in the tanks here and we'll be right back. Covercraft offers you 10 different options. That's right, 10 for your special vehicle's protections. You can choose from Weather Shield HP, HD, Sunbrella, Ultratect, Reflect, FormFit, Custom View Shield, and their newest five-layer all-climate, three-layer moderate climate, and five-layer indoor options. All are custom-tailored by Covercraft's talented craftspeople just for you. It's the form and fit 
with the quality and attention to detail that's been their standard since 1965. Surface protection is the best way to preserve the investment you've made in your vehicles. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft too. I have a Covercraft cover for every one of my vehicles, and I have a deal for you. If you use the code YEAH21 at Covercraft.com, you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off. Just use the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Most people don't think about their collector car insurance until their annual premium becomes due. Well, why wait and see if there are better options for your beloved rides? I didn't. Did you know if you change carriers before your policy runs out, your insurance company has to refund you the unearned portion of your policy premium? I did my homework, I shopped around, and I found American Collectors Insurance. They've been protecting collector vehicles since 1976. I encourage you to call my friends at American Collectors Insurance. Ask them about their agreed value policy. And if your collector vehicle is on your regular auto policy, you will be shocked at the savings, not to mention the assurance, should something bad happen to your ride, that you'll get what your vehicle is actually worth. Give them a call today for a quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. Give them a call today. You listeners know that I'm a huge car care fanatic, and my friends at AutoGeek created their Wolfgang Deep Gloss Paint Sealant for perfectionists like you and me. Wolfgang Deep Gloss Paint Sealant is designed to provide long-lasting protection and a glossy, slick finish that, well, it's unmatched. The use of polymer technology ensures your paint is protected from environmental contaminants, those damaging UV rays, and lasts up to three months long. By providing the glossy look of carnauba wax with the longevity of a synthetic formula, Wolfgang Deep Gloss Paint Sealant is the best of both worlds. Go to autogeek.net to get yours for the best product selection on the internet today, along with their skilled technical support. Autogeek.net is where I go for all my detailing needs. That's autogeek.net. All right, Nick, we are back. So I want to dive a little deeper into what you're doing because... I love books. Uh, I love books because they help people. They take us to different places. Take us on a little journey of what brought you to where you are now, book thinkers. A little backstory, and then we'll dive deeper into what you do. Sure. So we'll take it back a few years. When I was growing up, I was not the best student. I was not much of an academic. I was not a fan of reading books. And I mean, even into my late college years, I was not somebody who was very studious. I spent a lot of time in the gym. I was more of the jock stereotype. I played football. I wrestled. And I had a fun time with my friends. And uh, what happened was I took an internship going into my senior year of college. I was at business school. And my boss at this internship recommended podcasts, actually. So this is why it's one of my favorite forms of communication right here, Mark, is because we can introduce people to books through podcasting. And I had about an hour commute each way during that summer to this internship. And so I started to listen to a lot of different podcasts. And something that I thought was very interesting about a lot of these guests is they lived the life that I wanted to live in the future, one of abundance, one of prosperity, one that they designed 
and that fulfilled their unique interests. And they would always rely on books. They'd always mention the books that help them, the books that they're reading, the books that they're recommending. But I wasn't a reader. And so I noticed a big gap there. Anyway, long story short, I didn't have a ton of responsibility at that summer internship. So one of those days, I took a lunch break. I went to a local Barnes & Noble. I grabbed a couple of the books that were on that list that I had started. And I started reading them once I finished up my work every day. And my mind was blown. And so I went back to school senior year having, you know, prior to that, I was somebody who was kind of in the back of the class. I wasn't very studious. I would always shy away from group conversations to somebody who was leading conversations about sales and marketing and personal finance and all of these subjects that I had read about. And so I thought, okay, wow, if I could gain this much confidence and remove that many limiting beliefs after just a couple of books, what other areas of my life could I apply this to? And so As I started sharing book recommendations on social media after friends and family sort of encouraged it, that account started to grow. And I found a lot of other people on the internet, on Instagram specifically, that were very interested in the world of personal development and using books to create real change in their lives. And so that's how book thinkers came to be. I mean, I went from sort of insecure to confident. I went from ego to focused on impact in a very short period of time. And now I'm helping other people do the same thing. You know, I love this because when I started my podcast, it it was all about inspiring other people by talking to inspirational people like you. My son is an avid reader. My wife devours books. I mean, I've never known anyone who reads as many books as she does. My daughter, the same. I, like you, was the same way in high school, even college. Not much of a book reader. I was too busy surfing, working on my car, driving, having all this fun. And that changed later in life. So I want to ask you this question. A lot of people I interview on the show say the words, well, I don't really read very much. Some of them say, I don't read at all. And part of me kind of cringes when I hear that. I get it. We're busy. What are some ways you might offer to listeners today that wish they could blow their mind like yours got blown and mine did by engaging in books that might help them at least start and realize how fun this is? So if somebody's listening today and they do not identify as a reader, we'll start with this sort of positioning question. If I was to give you magically, let's just say $10,000 to read a book this weekend, do you think you could do it? <laughs> okay. Do you think you could do <laughs> where it? Where do I sign okay, up? Okay, <laughs> right? Yeah, where do I sign up? So I can't give you the $10,000, Mr. or Mrs. Listener out there, but it's a matter of priority. If you were receiving $10,000 for the book, you'd read it in two seconds. But because you don't see that amount of value in reading a book this weekend, you're probably not going to pick one up. So let's start there. We don't prioritize the idea of reading enough. I believe that although each one of us is unique, there have been billions of people that have lived before us, and they faced a lot of very similar challenges. And although we can learn from our own experiences, we can learn a heck of a lot better through other people's experiences, and we can condense decades of their life experience into days of potential application and solve problems that maybe took them a dozen years to work on in a matter of a couple hours by reading a book. So if we understand how to prioritize by solving problems that we're currently facing, then there's kind of a couple of recommendations that I'd have. Number one is we're walking into 2023. Let's run full speed. What are some of the biggest pain points in your life right now? Now let's go look at What are some books that can help me solve some of those problems early next year? And those are some of the conversations that I would start to have. If you, if the book can alleviate some pain for you, let's just say that 
you're having a tough time dealing with your personal finances. Well, there are some great books by some really wealthy people that can help you get your own finances in line. Or let's say you're dealing with a health-related issue. There are probably dozens of books out there by really fit and really healthy people that can help you overcome the challenges that you're currently facing. And so if that book alleviates pain, then it sort of increases on that priority ranking. And the other thing that I would say is, so many of us have icons and idols and people that we look up to, and there have been so many books written about the great people that have lived before us or that are currently living today. And what's great about a biography or a memoir is that they read like movies. They read like TV shows. They're fun. They're entertaining. And you can learn more about the people that you look up to. And that'll help you get a little bit of momentum. So those are a few of the things that I would say, Mark. I mean, I could talk for days about this <laughs> subject, obviously. Well, that's why book thinkers exist. So give our listeners out there, because the first thing I hear from people that say I'm not much of a reader and I say, why? I don't have time. You, you indicated a great word, priority prioritizing how you spend your time. We all have the same amount of time. I hear this from business entrepreneurs. I say, well, Elon Musk runs five companies. Now, granted, he's in a different place financially. He's got a lot of help. However, he still pulls that off with the same hours that you and I have. How on earth does he do that? He prioritizes what he's doing, probably down to the minute of every day, and he knows what to say no to. So when we think about how we can prioritize and pick, just start with one subject and get a book. What are some ways that you found that can help people get into books? Because there's a lot more opportunity than the old days of me going into a library, looking through card decks, trying to find that book on a shelf somewhere, three floors up and 10 rows down. 1000%. This is such a great question. First, let's do a little inventory. If we sleep for eight hours and we work for eight hours, how much time does that leave? leaves another eight hours. What are we doing with that time? I know for most of us, there's a lot of TV, there's a lot of social media, there's a lot of browsing the internet. And in my head, that's low impact activity. It might satisfy you immediately, that little instant gratification dopamine hit that we're all looking for. But what's funny about Netflix is I can't even remember the second, third, or fourth main characters in some of my favorite TV shows from a, you know, a few years ago. Right. And so although it fulfills us in the short term, it doesn't fulfill us in the long term. What I would encourage people to do is take 15 minutes in the morning and 15 minutes in the evening. Don't try to find the time. Just replace a little bit of your social media scrolling and a little bit of your evening Netflix watching. Not the whole thing, just a little bit, 15 minutes, and dedicate that towards reading. And so in 15 minutes, you might be able to read five, maybe 10 pages. You're going to, when you multiply that out over the course of a year, you might read up to 15 or 20 books. How cool is that? 15 or 20 areas of your life that currently cause discomfort, anxiety, whatever the case is, a little bit of friction, resistance. You could make progress on 15 to 20 areas of your life by just taking 15 minutes of scrolling in the morning and 15 minutes of Netflix in the evening. And so that's the key. Don't try to find time, just replace low impact activity that is meaningless over the long run with higher impact activity and invest in yourself. And I've found that instead of trying to read 20 books in the first week, like a lot of people do, and then they burn themselves out and they give up, start slow, build some momentum, five to 10 pages in the morning, five to 10 pages in the evening, and you will be blown away at how much change can come from that. Oh, absolutely. Another thing that I share with people, and you know about this, is how to access books. There are so many ways nowadays, again, versus the old-fashioned library or Barnes & Noble bookstore. We can get books online. Amazon's known for books. Uh, I mention all the time I have guest-recommended books, over 2,500 on my website, that car enthusiasts would recommend. 
The other thing, a little secret, and you probably know this secret, is your library card can access free audio books that will come right to your device for free, right? Yes. Yes. Well, I mean, it's a great question. Nowadays, we can consume books in so many different ways, like you mentioned. So we have physical paper books, which that's my favorite way to consume. I really like to take notes in the margin. Sometimes I'll even rip a page out of a book and carry it with me for a day and read a section over and over again. I know, (laughs) blasphemy. Um, But there's also audio books. We can consume them in an audible format. Audible is the name of a platform that Amazon owns that has every audio book under the sun. So that's a great way. If you have a commute, if you're driving to and from work while you're around the house doing chores, things that don't take a ton of attention, but you can listen to a book at the same time. I like ebooks as well. I heard a great analogy recently. Somebody said a physical book is like a paper map when you're in the car driving around, but an ebook is like a GPS. It, it can update in real time. You can look up definitions. You can highlight things right on the screen. It's very dynamic. You can export your notes. There's a lot of cool functionality. And then finally, there's a new medium that's coming out right now called video books, where authors are taking a book like this, and instead of being able to listen to it in eight hours or read it in five or six hours, you could actually do a one-hour video book condensed version of it. And so that's a new medium that's popping up as well. Oh, that's very cool. Awesome. So many ways to improve your life. Uh, I always say set the goal and what you said to try it. Just one book, maybe in the month of January. Give it a shot. Put some priority time to it. I like to talk about what are called uh, driving inspirations, people that are uh, inspirational to us. You know, as a book reader, there's so many great ones. Ken, who was just on the show last week, great, inspiring guy. Oh my gosh. And I want to thank you again for introducing me to him. He was great. You mentioned finance. Uh, our mutual friend, Chris Paniotu, who has written uh, Capitalize Your Finance, which Chris, I promise I'm going to get that book done, uh, reading to learn about how to, to be better with my wealth and secure my future. Has there been, and it's probably a difficult question for you, but is there one maybe we can talk about today, inspirational, influential person in your life that really stands out? Yeah, there are so many. And and just like you mentioned, mentors can come in so many different forms. They could be relationships that you have in your life with real people, or they could be relationships you develop with an author through a book or anywhere in between. And so I'll mention an author that I don't know personally, but who has been such a big inspiration for me. And we actually talked about him a little bit earlier, Mark. His name is Tim Ferriss. Oh, yes. He's the author of a number of books and a podcast called The Tim Ferriss Show. And Tim is one of my biggest mentors. And what's so cool about books is they allow you to access these mentors that otherwise you wouldn't have access to. And sometimes it's free, sometimes it's 20 bucks. And uh, you could have long form conversations with them and run decisions that you're making through their thought process and their frameworks, it's so cool. And so I read The 4-Hour Workweek, which is probably Tim's most popular book back in 2016, 2017. And that book opened me up to an entirely different world. Tim said that the new rich isn't focused on material possessions, but they're focused on time. They're focused on mobility. They're focused on these concepts that I wasn't really paying attention to. I just wanted to go out and make money when I was a recent college graduate. And so as a result of that book, I've just opened up my mind to what's possible. And I would encourage anybody out there to go check out Tim Ferriss. He talks about all sorts of subjects from productivity uh, to business to life to his favorite books and podcasts to relationships. And he's like a guinea pig. He'll try anything and he'll report back on it. And so there's some really cool stuff out there. 
Awesome guy. Yeah, absolutely. Someone I've looked looked up to as well as an influencer, a podcaster, and so forth. And, and you know, that's a great segue here into events and experiences versus things. Now, cars, yeah, it's about cars. Those are things. And we car people love garage full of things and we collect memorabilia. And I've gotten caught up in that, but I've made some big changes in my life in the last two or three years to be more minimal and to focus on having more experiences. And part of that means going to more events like Concours events or auctions or uh, cars and coffee, where you just get together with people instead of focusing on spending that money on things. You've decided to live a lifestyle tied to that where you're moving around and traveling and doing shows from other places. Can you talk a little bit about how that has enhanced and improved your life? Oh, 1000%. One of my favorite subjects, like I mentioned during the intro, a lot of people don't know how much I love travel, but I'm so happy that you brought it up today, Mark. So after I read the four hour work week back then, I decided to take a solo trip to Argentina by myself. I didn't speak Spanish. I didn't know anybody in South America, but I booked a five week trip. I just said, I'm going down there. I'm figuring it out. And then when I come back, I'll be better off for it. That's what Tim says in the book. Yes. Five weeks. Wow. Bold. Yep. So I packed up my laptop. I packed up a couple of good books and I hit the road. And what's interesting about international travel is that it diversifies your perspective. And that's what books do as well. It helps you see things from other points of view and it helps create a more well-rounded perspective. Gives you more time to process things. When an input goes into your brain, you could see it in different ways before you decide to respond. And I think that's what a lot of people who are lifelong students like yourself gain from experiencing all of these different things. And travel does that just like books do that. So there's a line from one of my favorite books, Vagabonding by Rolf Potts, Mm -hmm. that says, you should be a Columbus to whole new continents within you. And I think that's what travel does. It will introduce you to foods that you would never have tried. It'll introduce you to people that otherwise you never would have met, languages that you never would have tried to learn. And now all of a sudden you're at a restaurant trying to answer questions in Spanish a few thousand miles from home. And so it taught me to embrace discomfort But that on the other side of those uncomfortable moments, there's this type of bliss that you can experience with that diversified perspective. And so nowadays, I love to just get as much of that as I can. And what's great about the world that we live in today is you could do so much from behind a computer screen. I bring this mic everywhere I go. I record podcasts all over the planet. My fiance and I just finished up a couple of months in Europe. We got to experience a lot of amazing things. Last year, we did a lot of travel in South America. And so it's also a lot less expensive than you would think it is. And you can book these long-term stays through Airbnb and use coffee shop Wi-Fi. And it's it's a whole lot of fun, I'm telling you. Oh, it's wonderful. It Yeah, I used to travel a lot abroad and I didn't before that in my life. And it completely changed my perspective. And I think what you realize is almost everybody in the world is the same. We all want basically the same things, a safe life, the ability to care for our family and ourselves, some somewhat decent health care if we need it, if we run into that, and good experiences. And unfortunately, the world of politics and social media tends to want to divide us all and make us all look like we're, we're enemies, when in reality, when you go to another country, even a country that you might think, oh, doesn't like the U.S., the people are all kind of the same. And when you tie cars into it, a car guy, a car gal is everywhere in the world and you're an instant bond. And I'm sure you do the same with books. Books bring us together as well. Oh, absolutely. You know, I heard somebody say recently that the average Republican and the average Democrat have more in common 
than we do with our respective party leaders. Oh, yeah. And I think that I think that could be said with international similarities as well. Because I go to all these countries and you're totally right. Everybody wants the same thing. And so when one way that you can apply this is when you're dealing with a frustration in your life tomorrow when you're sitting in traffic and you want to lay on the horn because somebody cuts you off. When you zoom out and you realize that none of that really matters that much, it can maybe give you that little pause, that little extra moment to breathe and realize, let me go focus on something that matters a little bit more. Challenges. I love to talk about challenges because they teach us incredible, incredibly valuable things. I'd love for you to walk us through maybe a big challenge that you had in your life. But looking back, what did that challenge teach you that you're grateful for? One of the things that I've learned through personal development books, business memoirs, things of that nature, is that people that fail more and fail more often are typically more successful. And that's because failure is the best teacher. And so I love talking about my failures. And in fact, I look to fail as often as I can because it's such a great learning opportunity. So here's one that I'll highlight. Walking into this year, BookThinkers was a very successful side hustle. And it was leading to a lot of great relationships. I was networking. The business was growing, but sort of slowly. And so I started to think of it actually as a little bit of a failure because I couldn't get it to that next step from a revenue perspective. I wanted to hire a few of my friends and and people in my network that I knew could contribute, but I just didn't know how to afford to pay them. And so that was a big failure for me. And as a result of that, I decided to sit back and reflect walking into 2022. And I thought, how could I increase average deal size? How could I be more of value to the author clients that I'm working with? And so I decided to read some books on business. I said, let me go back to the thing that I know how to do. And so there's a book in particular, I'd highly recommend it. It's called $100 Million Offers. And the book is about how do you make an offer that's so good that a client would feel dumb saying no. And I thought, okay, that's really cool. And the promise of the book is that he's going to 10X your average deal size, whatever service you offer. If you're a podcast host offering advertising, 10X your average advertising deal. If you're like me and you help authors promote and market their books, how do you do that at 10 times scale? And so I read that book and, and although it was tough, it took a ton of work. I eventually was able to implement it, find some strategies that worked. And uh, if I hadn't gone through all that pain of like, listen, I'd love to hire you. I'd love to bring you on board, but I just simply can't afford it over and over and over and over again. And looking at myself as a failure, I wouldn't have gotten to that point of really diving in and finding out how to 10x the business essentially. So anyway, long story short, we were able to find these services, we were able to implement them, and now the team is growing, which is awesome. I was able to hire a couple of those people. And again, I think that the core lesson behind that, which is probably similar to what a lot of people tell you on this show, is that failure is everything. And the faster you can fail and the more often you can fail, and then sit inside of those moments because they have the opportunity to teach you the most, the more successful you can be. And I'll just finish my little tangent here, Mark, by saying that I think that is the the worst part about our education system today is that they teach you to avoid failure. And so as a student, you're like criticized for, for performing poorly on a test or having a different opinion. Whereas in the real world, those who fail are the ones who are the most successful. And it's so contradictory. And it took me so long to figure that out. 
Ooh, 100% agreed and all all the above. Uh, that's great. But uh, $100 million offers, yeah, I have to get my hands on that book. That's a good one. And you dropped a lot of value bombs there. One of them was take the time to embrace. I had a guest who was a racer who said, embrace the suffering because that's what will get you to the finish line first. And so to embrace that versus you're right. We're taught in school, oh, you missed three on the test versus, well, you got seven right. There's a big success. And let's talk about those three. Why did you miss them? And the impact would be, you'll probably learn more about the three you missed than the, the seven you got right, that you just memorized stuff. It's, yeah. Yeah, 1000%. There's an author named Elizabeth Gilbert, and she said, don't fast forward through the times in your life that have the opportunity to teach you the most. Well, we are about cars, so I'm going to touch on cars a little bit with you today. You know, there's a, a car story in everybody's life, and I love to ask guests about a car story. Is there one that stands out for you, and can you share an experience with that ride? Yes, absolutely. So I'll tell you about, I was a recent college graduate, and I was still in that mindset of material, material, like how can I get rich and successful so that I can buy all of the cars and the mansions and all that kind of stuff, which I think is a is a fun place to be as a recent college graduate. It, it encourages some hustle and stuff like that. And uh, I grew up in a family where my dad was always a Mercedes guy. And for whatever reason, I fell in love with the Mercedes G-Wagon. Ooh, okay. I always wanted a, a G63 AMG. And so as a recent college graduate, that's obviously, it's a very expensive car. They'll run you a few hundred thousand dollars, especially right now. But I got to travel a lot for business, which was nice with the software company I was working at before Bookfinkers became a full-time thing. And I went down for a client meeting in Miami once. And uh, the owner of the business comes to pick me up to take me out to dinner in a Mercedes G-Wagon, a G63 AMG. There you go. And it was so cool because it had this custom purple metallic paint job. Oh, wow. And the whole interior was all custom everything. And I got in that car. And as we were driving around Miami, I just felt like, wow, you know, in one way or another, you will get, you will achieve one of those car dreams. And it, it wasn't my car. But I had the opportunity to ride around in it for a little while, and it, it felt awesome. And I think it satisfied that little itch that I had for the Mercedes G-Wagon. And I actually keep a little model Mercedes G-Wagon <laughs> on my bookshelves as, as sort of a reminder of what's capable. But yeah, you know what? Cars can bring you a lot of happiness, and it was really fun to be in that car. Yeah. Purple G63 in Miami. Yeah, baby. Yes. That fits. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm, I'm a car psychologist. You may not know this, but I got a doctorate in car psychology. I kind of made that up, but I do. Uh, I guess having interviewed so many people gives me the creds there. If you were reincarnated, pun intended, as a vehicle, this isn't what you want to be, Nick. This is how you perceive your personality as a vehicle. What would you be and why? Such a great question. And it took me a little bit to think about. And Good. the answer the answer that I've come up with, again, not what do I want to be, but what would I be? I think I would be a Jeep Wrangler, okay, a four-door Jeep Wrangler. And the answer is, from my perspective and in my universe, that's sort of the most customizable car available. And what I, what I like to do is take on as many diverse perspectives as possible. I like to read about everything that I can get my hands on. And I like to change as often as I can as well. And so if you take 20 random Jeep Wranglers from your city, they're all going to look completely different. Everybody customizes them. They're always changing. You can add this. You can take away that. Might have a snorkel. It might be lifted eight inches. Might have mega-sized tires. Whatever. They're just so customizable, and they're always different. And so I like to think of myself in that way as well. 
you did a good job on that. I'll give you an A plus on that one, hundred points. Thank you. <laughs> because you're right, Jeeps, and I've had so many people on the show that build Jeeps. You can do so many things with them. And the other analogy here, or the other tie to you is, you go anywhere in a Jeep, and you like to travel and go anywhere, off road, up mountainsides, down beaches, down highways, wherever you want to go. So nicely done, my friend. I like that. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I like how you added to it as well. It makes total sense. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Good answer. Now, I like to talk about how people give back. You give back every day through your podcast in sharing the wealth of knowledge you've gained through books. Is that how you perceive yourself as the way you like to give back? It is. Uh, I believe that all of us, everybody on this planet should have access to useful self-education materials. And so I'll interview authors that coach billionaires and ask them questions, give my audience free access to that information. I think that's one way that I do it. Another way that we do it is we do a lot of book giveaways and we'll give books away in countries all over this planet, especially to people who will message us and say, hey, I don't have access to book. I'd love a gift. Do you have any extra books? That type of thing. And we always take an opportunity to ship a book when we can. So yeah, I, I, believe, uh, I believe those are some of the ways that we give back and a, the right book at the right time can change somebody's life. I absolutely believe that. Oh, yeah. Did you, uh, back uh, the previous job I had, the company I was building and running, there were a few books I got my hands on. E-Myth by Michael Gerber was one of them that completely changed the way we thought about our business. I was pretty radical, as a matter of fact. So, and I've shared that book with lots and lots of people. Yeah, and we've interviewed Michael. And so if you want a good summary of that book, if you if you can't afford a copy or don't want to buy one, go check out our interview with Michael and talk a little small business. Yeah, yeah, he, he's done a great job. So uh, books, now I like to ask my guests to recommend a book. Uh, you recommending a book is like asking me what my favorite car is. Hard to answer that question, but maybe we can narrow it down to one or two today that are most recent in your memory files of books that you've promoted. Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki is my, my go-to recommendation for a few reasons. Number one, it teaches the importance of financial literacy. We're all forced to play the game of money, so you might as well be good at it. You don't have to be materialistic, but you do have to exchange money for food, water, shelter, and money gives you the opportunity to give more to the people that you service as well. That book is only about 200 pages. It's very easy to read. It's a very light read. It reads in sort of a fiction way. It's a business parable, but it will teach you things that will blow your mind. And I think that's what's so cool about the book. It's easy to read, it's easy to implement, and it provides you a lot of aha moments. And so if you're somebody who's just getting into reading, just getting into personal finance and investing or real estate, that's a great read. Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Kiyosaki. Oh, gosh. I wonder how many of those he sold. 35 million. 35. <laughs> Insane. Yeah. You knew the answer to that. I knew you would. Yeah. He, he does a lot of things on YouTube and so forth. I, I'm a little discouraged by some of his negativity on his YouTube stuff. You know, it's pretty doom and gloom, but I like to go back to that book. And uh, yeah, it changed the way I thought about things as well. Is there one more I can uh, pry out of you? Sure. The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy is one of my five all-time favorite books. And the idea behind the book is that small steps in the right direction over a long period of time will lead to disproportionately positive outcomes. And there's a fun little example in the beginning of the book. He says, if I would give you A or B, two options, option one, a million dollars right now, or option two, a magic penny that doubles in value every day for a month. 
I'll take the go, penny. <laughs> yeah, I'll take the penny too. Yeah, but it's so it's so funny how many people will say a million bucks versus a penny that doubles. Okay, two cents, four cents, eight cents, sixteen, thirty-two. It's never going to get there. Yeah, but you end up with over ten million dollars choosing the penny. And so, what other areas of your life can you compound with just small little improvements? Health, wealth, happiness, reading cars, all sorts of things. Yeah. Great book. I had a math teacher, Mr. Skelly in high school and the first, we were, I was lucky enough, I guess somewhat smart enough to be in advanced math. And so the first day of school, he said, if you can write down on a piece of paper, multiple papers, the numbers one to a million, you don't have to ever come to class. You don't have to take any tests and I'll give you an A. And of course, everybody's going, oh, and he goes, and I would encourage you to start tonight. <laughs> Tomorrow morning, come in and tell me how far you got. Well, it didn't take very long when you start doing that to realize there is no way in one school year you can, that yes. a million is a very big number. And that number is thrown around like willy nilly these days, especially when it comes to government spending, right? I mean, we're in the trillions, which is unfathomable to me when you start thinking about even a billion dollars. Uh, yeah. So uh, I encourage all you uh, all you listeners out there, if you have a kid in the house, say, you'll have no more chores if you can write down on a piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same thing. The magic penny. So I'm going to enable you to go on the ultimate drive today. This is a fun thought. I'm going to buy any car in the world. If you want that G65, you can have it. You can go anywhere and you can take anybody, even somebody from the past who's no longer with us, which opens up the world of travel. Since you're a guy that likes to travel, you can go anywhere in the world in this very cool car with anybody. So what does the ultimate drive look like for you? You know, for me, it's not going to be too fancy. Uh, my parents, when I was growing up, had a beach house, a beach cottage up in Hampton Beach, New Hampshire. It was about two hours north of where we grew up. And I'm one of four boys. And we used to all jump in the Suburban. My parent, my dad had a Suburban. And uh, the six of us would drive to the beach. And it was about a two-hour drive. But it was fun. We played a lot of games, you know, four young boys in the back of the car doing all sorts of things, yelling at each other, fighting. But it was fun. And I, I when I think back to my childhood, childhood, that, that's one period of my life that I'm sure I took for granted back then, those car rides. But although my parents and my brothers are all with us, with me today, it's just a moment in my life that was so fun and so different. And so we we stopped traveling essentially up until recently, once all of us got a little bit older and my parents sold the beach house a number of years ago. And so that's the drive that I'd like to do again. Nice memory. Thanks for sharing that. That's wonderful. Ah, you're a fortunate kid for sure. Well, you've taken us on a marvelous ride today. A lot of encouragement, a lot of uh, goal setting here. And I would encourage all you listeners out there, if you don't think of yourself as a reader, check out Book Thinkers. Uh, how can people find you and follow you? Yeah, the number one spot for us is on Instagram at BookThinkers. That's our biggest platform. We've got about 130,000 readers over there who look for book recommendations on a daily basis. And, uh, Pretty soon, come come maybe February, we'll have a new website with some additional resources for you. But if you're listening before February of 2023, then check out Book Thinkers on Instagram. Okay. And people can find your podcast where? Everywhere. Just type in Book Thinkers. Absolutely. I encourage you to uh, give some ears to Nicholas. You're going to learn a lot of great things. You do a marvelous job. Before I let you go, would you share maybe some words of inspiration or wisdom with us? Absolutely. I mentioned this a little bit before, but I truly believe... My heart of hearts with every, you know, every cell, cell in, in my your body, body. Ah, yes, every cell in my body that 
the right book at the right time will change your life forever. And so, Mark, as you mentioned to today's listeners, if you don't identify as a reader, it's because you're not prioritizing them and you don't understand what type of ROI there is. All of those people that we talked about, even Elon Musk, if you read his biography by Ashley Vance, he as a kid, he read everything in the local bookstore. And the book the bookstore owner would have to shake him out of a little trance to kick him out when the when they were closing shop. And so books enable so much success, not just materialistically, but internally as well. And so I would recommend uh, heading over to the channel, checking out a few books, see what what might spark your interest and give it a try. Yeah. Give Nicholas Hutchison a listen because he can encourage you uh, with every show to get out there and get your hands on a book. Uh, as you know, I love books and I share those as well. So uh, there's lots of things to do out there and learn. I want to do a shout out. Thank you to our mutual friend, Chris Paniotu. Chris, thank you for introducing me to Nicholas. Chris is awesome. Uh, he's one of those guys that are just, well, I don't know. How, you, how would you describe Mr. Paniotu? He is vibrant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice way to say it. I'll be meeting with him tomorrow. Yeah, he is vibrant for sure. Nick, thanks for being so uh, generous with your time today and sharing your expertise and what you're doing. My hat's off to you, young man. I can say that since I'm the old guy here. I'm 28 years young, but I'll be 29 this month. Oh, well, gee, you're the exact same age as my son. So uh, yeah, you you two should meet sometime. You'd get along. He just devours books for sure. And uh, actually, my listeners know I'm leaving this Friday, Christmas Eve, to go see him get married in India. So talk about travels. That'll be something quite interesting for us. I'll spend Christmas morning in Heathrow Airport. Hmm. Different kind of Christmas morning, but different kind. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be fun. Part of that layover, but it'll be great. But you two should meet someday for sure. Until you and I talk again, my friend. Uh, Merry Christmas to you. Happy New Year to you. I'll see you down the road. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you as well. Thanks, my friend. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help, and I'd be honored to be an influencer an ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at carsyeah.com. You've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine here on Cars Yeah! for a couple of years now. Well, they're growing. And in 2023, they're going to grow from four issues a year to six and there's an opportunity here for you to take advantage of this growth. If you go to linkagemag.com and click on the renew button, if you already subscribe, you can get a great deal. Use the code renew6 for one year and you'll get six issues for the price of four or type in renew12 for two years where you also have a great savings. Plus, they'll even throw in a free linkage hat. How cool is that? The publisher of Linkage is Donald Osborne. He's been a guest multiple times here on Cars Yeah. He's become a good friend of mine. And I'll tell you, Linkage Magazine is one of those newer magazines that you're going to want to get. It's all about experiences, opinions, and values. It's a wonderful publication, something I look forward to getting. And now that I'm going to be getting six a year, <laughs> even more special. So go to Linkage mag.com again use the code renew6 or renew12 to get that special deal do it before december 31st 2022 so that in 2023 you'll get six issues of linkage magazine instead of four if you're listening to this program there's a pretty good chance you believe what i believe 
that the collector vehicles we love are more than just a means of getting from one place to the other. They're a part of our culture, our identity, and as a people, they bring us together at vintage races, classic car auctions, and thousand mile rallies. That's why I support the RPM Foundation, which exists to ensure that the critical skills necessary to preserve and restore these important vehicles aren't lost to time. RPM stands for Restoration, Preservation, and Mentorship. And their goal is to inspire the next generation of vehicle restoration professionals through its outreach programs. And they include Shop Hop, Off to the Races, the RPM Future Class, and many others. These programs engage talented young people across the country and connect them with mentors and a variety of opportunities in the industry. For more information on how the RPM Foundation is driving the future of collector vehicles skill trade, visit rpm.foundation today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!